Welcome to the 196th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on September 6th, 2020. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and I am 50% of this here show. With me is the guy who's a little bit sweet, a little bit sour, Carlos Rodella. Okay, um, hmm, how do, what do I do that one? I had some Chinese earlier, that's all I could come up with. Sorry. Oh, I get it. I mean, I was doing a little I guess, menu riff. You, yeah. There actually was no connection to you, it was just funny. Okay, well, I uh, do like sweet and sour chicken, and I guess I am sweet and sour. You know, I'm more sweet than sour. I very rarely I, sour. You know, I messed that up. I should have said a lot of sweet and just a little bit of sour. That would be that's more appropriate. That's better, yeah, let's go with that. I should have fixed it, sorry. We'll go back and re-record that later. We'll fix it in post. We will not fix anything. We're not editing any of this. <laughs> You know, interesting story. I uh, was out with some friends one time, and um, we were with some people. Uh, so some people were people I knew really well, and some people were like friends of friends that I didn't really know that well. And we were going out to Chinese that night, uh, you know, a long time ago, long before coronavirus, when you weren't scared to go out in a crowd. And we all went to this uh, Chinese restaurant, and one of the people at our table wanted to order, I swear to God, wanted to order sweet and sour chicken, but only sweet, no sour. And they oh. told that to the, <laughs> to the waiter with a straight face. Everybody at the table completely cracked up. The waiter didn't do anything to their credit, did not even act like anything was wrong. They were just like, okay. And just like took the order and like <laughs> went off. But we all looked at that person like, uh, have you been to a Chinese restaurant before? Do you right. realize, you know? Anyway. Wait, but what did he give them? Sometimes. Just like, he, he probably just gave them sweet and sour chicken. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it was sweet and sour chicken. I mean, maybe he put in a couple extra spoonfuls of sugar or something. Who knows? But, I mean, it was indistinguishable from regular sweet and sour chicken. Which, to be perfectly fair, is not really sour. It's, like, mostly sweet. It's mostly sweet. I'm like, how much more sweet does she need? I mean, people are people, you know. I don't know. So, anyway. All right, we are not here to talk about Chinese cuisine, delicious as it is. No, no, no. We are here to talk about games. We are about to do just that. we got a whole full show for you tonight uh folks all sorts of cool stuff to talk about but before we do that carlos i believe you got a little bit of housekeeping to kick off the show just one thing i want to mention uh i mentioned this on a couple episodes ago i believe that i was frustrated that that Fortnite commercial where they used 1984 1980 Fortnite. 1980 Fortnite. i was very angry i had all sorts of vitriol uh because i thought that it's a bad timing to use that because we're actually living through a version of 1984 right now and to use it for something so silly in my opinion yes i know it affects a lot of people and it's a money thing but they could be using that for something bigger in this moment that we're at with the democracy itself yeah and so i saw on youtube ridley scott agrees with me ridley scott weighed in on Fortnite. yeah he worked on that commercial and he was like yeah i saw oh, the original back in the day the original yeah, yeah, yeah. commercial the original oh, mac okay. pc one and he goes, yeah, I saw what they did. And he goes, kind of a shame, though, don't you think? <laughs> He's like, they could have used it for, I don't know, like about democracy and what we're going through. So Ridley Scott agrees with me. There you go. Interesting. Boy, they got dissed by Ridley Scott. That's a pretty hardcore diss. Hard to ignore that one. But it's interesting. And me. <laughs> well, yes, and you. And you. Okay. okay. And you. That's really where the weight of this, uh, this criticism comes from. This is from Carlos. Uh, interesting you bring up Fortnite, though. Just a really quick uh, note. Did you, have you seen the latest season of Fortnite? Have you, you must have seen it. Uh, I don't really keep up to date with it, so you'll have to tell me. Oh, my God. It's, like, all over. They totally went all in on the Marvel Universe. So they have tons of, like, new characters. There's, like, Wolverine and She-Hulk. Oh, right. I've and seen this. Storm. Yeah. 
and they have uh, new implementations of superhero powers that you can actually do in the middle of a match. All sorts of cool gear and stuff. Like, I was out of Fortnite last season. I I, I used to have a, um, a friend that I played with really regularly, kind of dropped off. And then I played with my son once in a while, but he had kind of, like, dropped off of it as well. So I'm like, well, maybe I'm done. I didn't even finish the season last uh, last season. I kind of got bored halfway through and just kind of quit, moved on to other things. And I was just about to delete it off of my console because I figured we were, like, as a family, kind of done with it. But then the new season dropped, and I'm like, wait, I gotta get back in. So I'm totally back in. It's ridiculous. I'm like collecting all the stuff, getting all the Marvel gear. I, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let this thing with them and Epic really bother me too much because that's really like above my pay grade. But I gotta say, the people who are working on the new Fortnite season, like, man, they did a killer job. There's some really fun shit in there. It's pretty cool. It's really weird to see that crossover um, right now because I'm playing Avengers, <laughs> which is we'll talk about later in the show, and it is a, you know, a persistent world going to have yeah. seasons and all that stuff and there are tons of unlockables there so it's like two different places to get marvel stuff now but i will say the only weird thing about the fortnite is i heard someone say something about it now fortnite is marvel canon uh, uh yes it is they're actually you know it's funny you bring that up because there was a comic book a digital comic book at the beginning of the season and i think you can even go back and read it again if you want to but when you start the new season it's a story about like thor somehow like losing his memory or something and he goes through like a dimensional rift and ends up in fortnite land and then all of like these other heroes come to help him out and galactus uh is coming to like eat the fortnite world and so they got to get the heroes together to defend it from galactus i mean that's i'm probably gonna be ready for this it's gonna be this giant thing at the end of the season i'm sure i'm sure galactus is gonna show up there's gonna be a big battle it's gonna be fucking epic i mean if you're into the marvel stuff it's like it's a pretty cool way to get some marvel stuff and uh, i haven't played avengers yet but I'm actually really happy with what they've done uh, with Fortnite. It's pretty, pretty bananas. Pretty bananas. They hooked me back in when I thought I was done. You know what? Good for you and your family. And, you know, more power to you. Have some fun. I'm on the outs with this. Uh, I don't I like the idea that it's canon. It's the Marvel Universe. It's already been disney enough. I don't know. I don't know. Well, Speaking of that, by the way, and I yes. was going to bring this up in the later in the episode, but right now it feels like I just mentioned Disney and Marvel. Miss Marvel is going to he- be on Disney. The show. The TV show. Yeah, I heard about that. I'm really looking forward to that. Kamala Khan, right? Yeah, Kamala Khan, which we'll talk about. And she's in the uh, the Avengers game. But I like that idea, so I'm interested in that. So I don't know, whatever. I guess it's great. I don't it's, know. you know, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, if you really want to, you know, blow your mind. I mean, if you go into the history of Marvel Comics, there's all sorts of weird stuff that happens. There's all sorts of stuff that is technically canon, but we all kind of like you know, conveniently ignore or we like quote unquote forget right. about it and things go on. So, I mean, this is hardly the weirdest thing they've ever done. It's hardly the strangest. And I mean, honestly, it's a pretty good implementation. So I don't really feel like it's even that embarrassing. But on top of that, <laughs> you're right, because like there was Bizarre World, right? There was Mr. Mythoplex. Those are DC. You get your streams crossed. Oh, right? geez. Wow. wow. Way to out yourself, noob. Books. Oh, shit. Also, I don't give mail. a shit. I don't care. Here that comes I... the hate mail. <laughs> Yeah, if there's hate mail for that, there's more important things. Um, but no, the, yeah. What, what are some? Oh, like uh, Secret Wars. They had like the Beyonder. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. I always talk about. We just changed everything up, and and yeah, uh, yeah there's tons of weird things. All okay, sorts fine. of bizarro stuff. They okay, retcon stuff all the time. They erase stuff. It's totally no big deal. Ridley so. Scott agrees with me. And yeah, and that's that's a pretty big person that's to agree with you. I I appreciate that. So okay, I have no housekeeping. Anything else on your agenda, sir? Mm-mm. All right, cool. Let's get to it because we've actually got a full load of games tonight. Uh, not wasting any time. Carlos, let's go back to you for a moment here. A couple of quick updates from you. 
uh, you want to let us know how Wasteland 3 is going, and I'm going to ask you about Descenders in a minute, but let's start with Wasteland 3. Remind us, you're playing on PS4? Yep, PS4, and if you don't remember, it's the XCOM meets Fallout game. That's a good way to explain it. Exactly so. Top, like, isometric, turn-based, turn-based right? Turn-based? Yep, turn-based, post-apocalyptic. Turn-based tactics, g- gather a party, kind of like a top-down Fallout sort of thing-ish, right? Yep, and it's it's All very right. similar to Wasteland 2 if you played that. It's it's pretty much the same. They added things, uh, graphics are a bit better, and they've kind of updated some systems. But, yeah, it's really great, and I wanted to mention that what I didn't mention last time we talked about it is there's some pretty great comedy in it as well. Like, there's okay. a lot of really funny items you'll find. It reminds me of like the comedy, the dark comedy in Fallout and in obviously in Wasteland because Wasteland's been a series for a long time. And even in that early, early version of the game, the one you played on DOS or whatever, they um, they had that, too. They had the comedy mixed with really dark post-apocalyptic world. So I just want to put a shout out there that this game isn't just this dark CD XCOM game. It's got a lot of really funny moments in it. Like one point I was just chasing down a clone and I found his lab and there was a bunch of clones of himself in there and I had to fight all the clones. Um, you know, there's, there's lots of weird little things hidden and just really funny dialogue. Uh, right now I have, by the way, a hobo that just joined my party. <laughs> and it's amazing because he was oh drunk in the, in the mess hall and he was just kind of at our base and I started talking to him longer than just like, oh, he's just a hobo. I was like, I wanna know this guy's story. And so he's like, yeah, I'm drunk. I'd like to drink, but guess what? I want to join your team. And I was like, fuck yeah, dude. So he's got, he's really good at melee and a shotgun and he's on my team now. Is he, did he sober up first or is he still drunk? No, he still drinks. (laughs) Does he like every once in a while, like accidentally shoot a member of your party or something? No, but he talks pretty funny. And because remember a lot of these characters can have dialogue during scenes and stuff. So it's just fun to have him along. It's, it's really great. I just wanted to mention that, yeah, this game is not just about, uh, dark and you know uh, crazy post-apocalyptic it's really really good and funny and weird there's a couple other weird things one we finally met this really interesting cult that that one of the leaders is a ronald reagan statue is it like uh, just a statue or does it talk it's like an animatronic statue oh okay gotcha and uh by the way i blew that shit up <laughs> spoiler <laughs> Uh, as soon as <laughs> it's no soon, longer there. Yeah, yeah. As soon as I found like the little doohickeys that were like, this could probably blow that up. I was like, oh, we're doing that now. Um, but really cool. Like they had a, like a version of him, like Ronald Reagan, in like the room, and it looked like Max Hedrum. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, they're just really going like all the extra yards here to make this like interesting world that's like not just like a, a one note thing, you know. So, yeah, I mean, everybody check it out. Um, I really, really like it. I'm playing that alongside Avengers, and those are my main games right now. Like, it's just, I know that I'm going to love a game when I'm, like, mainlining it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I need to see what the end of this thing is. I mean, it sounds really good. I want to get into it because, I, you know, Fallout New Vegas is one of my favorite games of all time, and I kind of like the Fallout series in general, uh, even though the last one didn't really do it for me. But I'm up for that sort of thing, like post-apocalyptic, lots of choices, Lots of dialogue. And, you know, um, I mean, New Vegas is actually really, really funny in a lot of places. I think the comedy kind of comes and goes with the other installments. But, I mean, kind of what you're describing sounds like it's right up my alley. Yeah. I'm going to tell you three more things. And all of those things are going to get you even more into it. All right. All right. If I didn't already. Um, I mean, I'm already like three quarters in right now. Just heads up. I know. I'll probably put you all the way in here with this. All right. Uh, Well, it's really only a couple things. It's just that one of the main storylines is you're working for this... um, 
guy who calls himself the patriarch. Obviously, that sounds bad already. You're going to have to overthrow that guy. Right. And he's, like, obviously saying, uh, maybe not obviously, but he's saying, like, no, 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 I'm cool, and you need to help me, and you should do all these things so I can help you. And immediately I'm, like, my ears are up, you know, the hair's up on my arms. I'm, like, no, 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 this guy's probably bad news. Turns out, spoiler, you know, early on you're going to find out that this guy isn't, like. Did the patriarchy turn out to be bad after all? Right. There you go. (laughs) I saw that one coming. Saw that one coming a mile away. And then also there's a bunch of refugees that show up in the town like one of the main towns and i immediately sided with them because <laughs> everyone's like get these motherfuckers out of here it just it felt very political at times and i was like okay well i'm gonna side with these motherfuckers so just similar to a lot of other games like greedfall and games where you can like align yourself with factions i'm of course aligned with all the revolutionaries the people who want change and anybody who's like in some sort of uh, I don't know, religious cults or the patriarch, all of them hate me already, like immediately. And so I'm winning all the points with the refugees and like the, you know, the people who are the struggling people. So, ah, struggling. Uh, it doesn't sound like a bad place to be, kind of reflecting our modern times, actually. I know. So that's another reason why it's really, um, into pl- I'm into planning because I'm like, I feel like I have, I can have a say in this. But this didn't world. you know, Carlos, games are not political. There's no politics in games. Come on. Well, there's real life in games. It seems like. <laughs> I, of course, do not believe that. I think every game is political if you really want to get down to it. So that sounds like a great bit of content there. Yep. I love it when I love it when developers um, reflect what's going on and kind of, you know, it's a really good way to kind of teach people lessons. Uh, not that, you know, not like educational, like morals or anything. But, you know, when you play through a game, it can often open your eyes up to something that maybe you haven't experienced in your own life or maybe gives you a different perspective that you don't have yourself. Or it just kind of opens up your mind a little bit to the way things could be if you were in someone else's shoes. Um, you know, of course, from a distance, uh, you know. But I think it's really interesting that they do that. So I'm really glad to hear that Wasteland. I haven't played it yet, but from what you're describing, it sounds like they definitely are taking some modern hot topics and kind of, uh, you know, slapping some gameplay on those and letting people discover for themselves maybe what they think about those issues. Yeah, especially because they, they use Ronald Reagan. I thought that was really interesting. Um, and, yeah, I don't want to explore it too more. I'm just saying... Um, there's a lot of really interesting content in here. Some of it's funny. Some of it's like really real and it's great. It's a great game. All right. Excellent. Excellent. One more update from you before we move on. Um, you talked about Descenders last time. It's the uh, behind the back BMX downhill roguelike just came out from, I think No More Robots is the publisher of that. Yep. It's been out for a while on PC and Xbox, but they just came out on, I think, Switch and PS4. You seem to really be having a good time with it last episode, and now that you're updating, are you continuing to have fun with Descenders, or has things gone sour? Has your tire gone flat, perhaps? Oh, nice. No, my tires are still going. Um, got those strong tires, full of air. Uh, if anything, I wanted to tell you a couple other cool things about the, the game that I forgot to mention last time, which one, the music is so relaxing. It's electronica-type music. Um, it kind of goes with that. I want to just chill out for a minute and play something, not really think too much, just relax, and also, you know, try some challenges. Uh, if, if shit goes sideways and I crash, that's okay. But the music is just really good. Like, and you can change the tracks at any time. I just forgot to mention that because I really enjoy all those tracks. Again, kind of electronic style, but very, very good. Um, and then also, there's a bunch of mini challenges where you can do like basically like they're like don't slow down the whole race which is really just adds a whole other element to this one track that you that you were nailing you know you're like oh i know this track really well but wait i can't stop at all 
now it changes it. Um, so I like those a lot. And also there's like little races where they actually, you can only see from your bike cam. Like a first person? Like a first person. Ugh, I was like, wait, no. what? No, thanks. No, thanks. I know. I think what, I tried that before. It's like nauseating. What they do though, it might not work for everybody. What they do though is it's, it's a limited track. So they know it's not the whole thing. You're not doing jumps and stuff. It's just like race and avoid obstacles, you know? So I really like that because it switched it up a little bit here and there. Um, and then the last thing that I didn't mention, there's off-road racing, which is essentially chaos because you're going down a hill at probably the fastest speed the game does. Isn't the whole thing off-road racing, though? No, no, that's on a track. That's not a dirt track. Like a dirt track. Are you So you're saying you take your bike off the track and you're what, yeah, just going, there's like no you're just fucking, going down through the woods yeah. and the trees and stuff? Okay. And you're like, oh, I'm going to die every time. Like It's like, this is tough. And it really is exciting. I mean, you can, like, break a little bit. But if you just, like, let it go, that's the fastest you'll go in the game. It's, like, downhill into chaos, like, making jumps. And when you make it through it, you're, like, you feel like a champion. So this game is fucking great. It's so relaxing. Uh, I still wish the developer would listen to the last episode or this one and change it when you're in the lobby. All I want you to do is respawn where you crashed. Don't respond That's right, to the time-saving thing in the lobby. You mentioned yeah. you don't want to drive around the lobby. Makes it sense. responds you to the main lobby, and I'm like, just respond me where I crashed. Besides that, it's a fucking great game. Excellent, excellent. All right, sounds like two big wins, Wasteland 3 and Descenders, having a good time with both. I gotta, I, I've played Descenders, i got to come back to it, but Wasteland 3, I'm really... I'm getting the itch for... I'm not quite there yet. I haven't quite pulled the trigger, but I'm getting close. All I think right. that maybe once my calendar settles down for the rest of the year once i once i get a good feel for what i'm going to be reviewing between now and december i think if there's a slot that opens up i may plug wasteland 3 into it so we'll see all right all right uh switching over to me for just a couple of seconds first i want to give an update since we're doing updates to neo 2 i haven't talked about it for a couple episodes but i finally finished the main campaign uh been playing it for i think the last three months and it is a massive game. There's a lot of content in that game. And to be fair, though, I, I did get to the point where I was only doing like maybe one or two missions a day. So I didn't want to burn myself out because I knew it was like a marathon, not a sprint. Right. And I didn't want to like get too tired before the finish line. So I slowed myself down. I would only do one, two missions a day. Um, so that, you know, of course, took a lot longer to get through. But I did finish the game. That was uh, great. And I still love that game. As soon as I finished it, I started the DLC. It's called... The Tengu's Disciple. It is one of three planned DLCs. The DLC is really substantial. It's like a whole new area, a bunch of new missions, some side missions, a brand new weapon, a bunch of new armor, a whole bunch of new stuff that got added to the game. Uh, all sorts of content there. But I, I went through the DLC, finished the DLC, finished the game, literally did every single mission in the entire game, did everything that I could do, almost. And... I think of, I mean, I'm, I'm well over like 100 hours in that game now, uh, but I'm actually still playing it, believe it or not. My wife is going through Neo 2, uh, and so I'm jumping in to help her out with some of her missions. I'm also like being one of the randos that you can summon when you need help in a mission. Like, I'll just jump on, and whoever needs some help, I'll just jump in on, like, you know, with the boss, or maybe I'll help them through a tough spot in the level just for fun. Oh, um, nice still idea. like leveling up. Yeah, just, it just, I just really enjoy playing that game. I think the mechanics are really dialed in. I think it's really fun. I love the weapons, and just the systems are good. It just feels really good to play from a mechanical perspective. And every time I do something, I feel like I learn a little bit more. Like, all the weapons are basically, like, their own thing. So I, I got really good with the axe, and then I got really good with the odachi, and then I got really good with the kusaragama, and then I got really good 
with uh, you know the tonfa, and now I'm on to just the regular sword. And every time you do a new weapon, there's always like all these nuances. There's like three different ways to wield it, and all different ways to customize it. And so I'm constantly like tweaking my build and learning the new moves and stuff. I mean, it's the game that keeps on giving, dude. I, just, I love that game so much. It's really, really good. Uh, did everything and still playing it, which is not something I can say very often. And before I get off of Neo 2, want to give a quick shout out to PSN player Wax Electric 856. Uh, when I was up against one of the toughest bosses in the game, I was desperate for somebody to come help me, and like nobody was online. I needed like one more real person to help because it was just too much for me to handle by myself. And so I was trying to summon people in my game. Seemed like nobody was on. Seemed like nobody was on. I was dying and dying. I just got really frustrated. I was like, ah, oh, this sucks. I got to find somebody who can help me out. And I just kept throwing myself at that boss, dying over and over and over. But I left my, my summon on just in the hopes that somebody would show up. And I don't exactly know what happened because it's not really the way it's supposed to work, but he must have gotten summoned like right as I was going into the boss room because usually they don't let you do that. Like usually you have to summon somebody before you start fighting the boss. Mm. But there must have been a glitch or something happened because I was in the boss battle fighting the boss, getting my butt handed to me. And then out of nowhere, PSN player Wax Electric pops into my game totally starts whooping up on the boss giving me like a chance to breathe and to heal for a second and i'm like nice. oh my god where'd this dude come from holy shit and he was like totally keeping it down keeping that boss occupied i got myself back on my feet started attacking him you know from the side and then we like double teamed him got him knocked out and i got past that boss fucking amazing that that happened i don't even know how that happened it wasn't supposed to happen but it did happen and it was like the best fucking victory ever so shout out to wax electric 856 i have no idea who you are you probably don't listen to this podcast i don't know if you're even on Twitter or whatever, or but whoever you are, maybe or. maybe it's an angel. <laughs> maybe Wax Electric wasn't able supposed to get in there because regular humans couldn't, but maybe you know angels could. It was a gift from God yeah. that I got past it. It's, it's possible because I don't know any other explanation for that to happen, but it did happen. So anyway, if that if he's an angel, well then I mean. Uh, I'll say a prayer for Wax Electric tonight. Otherwise, if it's some <laughs> random person on PSN, thank you very much. If you know Wax Electric 856, please give him a thanks from me. Love that game very much. That was an awesome battle. Neo 2 is the shit, and I cannot wait for the next DLC. I love that game. Is an is angel like just on a cloud somewhere going like, what? Someone mentioned my, someone say my name? Oh, like, yeah. When I was, oh, someone down in Earthrealm is, is thanking me. Yeah, no, no. He was like, no, I remember. I helped him with that Neo boss. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was yeah, a boss. Yeah. That, was, that, was, that was a tough boss. Yeah, yeah. that was good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, quick shout out to a new Switch game that I'm kind of um, chipping away at. It's called One Line Coloring. It is a really chill puzzle game where uh, you get... It looks like a connect the dots picture. There's a whole bunch of these connect the dots puzzles that you can have. And once you start, the first couple levels, you're like, oh my god, this is so easy. I can't... This is not even a game. What is going on? Uh, where you just connect the dots, the, the picture fills in, and then you're done. And you get to look at a pretty picture. It's an apple, it's a squirrel, it's a tree. But then once you get a couple of those in, they start layering more elements. And uh, the part that I'm at now, they have a lot of one-way arrows on the line, and you cannot cross the line. So eventually what it ends up being is you have to pick a point, whatever point you want to pick. And then you have to figure out, can I, can I connect all these dots without crossing my line and only going in a certain direction? And at the same time, hitting all the dots. So, like, it gets really tough. Uh, it's not like there's no time limit. There's no death or anything. And you can, like, rewind and go back if you make a mistake. But it still requires actually a lot more forethought and planning than you might think. So I've actually been enjoying it a lot. I've been doing one or two puzzles a night um, when I'm not doing P-Cross or something like that. And I think it's pretty good. It's just real easy, real chill, uh, very simple to understand, and yet still 
uh, complicated to master because you really got to think ahead and about, well, if I cross this line here, that means I can't cross this line here. And if I go back to this dot, then this dot over here doesn't get crossed off. And so you got to just think it through. But it's pretty good. I really like it. It's not something I would have uh, probably picked up on my own, but the publisher did send me a code to discuss on this podcast, and which I'm doing right now, full disclosure. Uh, but it's really good. I do recommend it. I think it's really nice. And if you want an alternative puzzle selection for when you're chilling on the couch, when you're in bed, you know, you want to just play something that's not brain dead, but it's also not high energy. I think one line coloring is pretty good. I think it's also pretty cheap as well. It is, and I saw it on the store, and I think the reason I, because um, I like that style of puzzle that you're talking about, and it really makes you think, and it kind of turns your brain into a different switch or different mode, you know? Yeah. Um, but I didn't like the, I, the pictures didn't like excite me. I think I was like, well, I'm just drawing those things, you know, like. It looks a little like simple, right? It looks really, really simple yeah. for the screenshots and stuff. Yeah, for sure. But there's yeah. a lot more to it that they that you do not realize from just the screenshots. Although I'm gonna like just take that back anyhow, because I remember I played a Picross game, Picross, Picross, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it had like I I mean I didn't give two shits about what the pictures were. You know what I mean? Like it was like, yeah. oh, you made an apple. I'm like, cool. I don't care. But this right. is a really fun way to get there. You know? Well, that's like, yeah. I mean, you're exactly right, dude. Because it's, I mean, you know, you look at these Picross pictures and it's like, oh, so what? It's just like. You know, uh, like you said, an apple or a squirrel or something. Who cares? But the fun of it is like in solving the puzzle, right? So it doesn't matter what you end up with. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, it's like it's not the destination; it's the journey. Carlos. It's the journey. So there you go. All right, that is one line coloring for the Nintendo Switch. I give that a thumbs up recommendation. Carlos, let's kick it back to you, sir. Uh, you are playing Tony Hawk One Slash Two. They did a remake, remaster, re-release, something like that. People haven't been thinking about Tony Hawk for a while, but now it seems like all the Tony Hawk fans from back in the day are on fire. I've been hearing nothing but good things about this. Tony Hawk, never my jam, full disclosure. Never really liked it that much, just because I'm just not that person. But a lot of people in my feed really going nuts over it. Are you are you digging it right now? Yeah, and by the way, a lot of people like me and some listeners of the show have been thinking about Tony Hawk ever since it went away. So just quietly. Yeah, yeah, because I've oh, been okay. yeah, I've been hemming and hawing and wanting it so bad, like a new version and Tony Hawk 5 was, you know, not good. Um it was just weird and it had that slam thing and ugh, I just didn't like it. And so after Tony Hawk 5, I went to, you know, the Skater series or Skate series, Skater XL, Session, uh-huh. all the different ones I've been trying where they're more realistic and I still like those as well, so I'm still going to play the new versions of all those more realistic ones but there's a special place in my heart for tony hawk especially two and i think tony hawk 2 is number two or three of like the best rated games of all time something like that. on ps2 or just like in general i think in general like tony hawk 2 really i'll have to look that up that's a pretty impressive stat yeah i might be wrong i saw it. i saw it you might be making that up no i'm not making it up i saw it somewhere but they might be wrong so <laughs> I'm not wrong. I just I know I, <laughs> I would I know. Heard that would, That's how it works, but if you hear something and they're wrong, you're still right. That's correct. You're just quoting something that ended up being incorrect, but it's yeah. not your fault. It's not my fault. I um, gotcha. Here's the thing: they did an amazing job. It is a, a, I think it is a remaster because it's essentially, essentially all new engine graphics, but using all the old locations and all those. Same oh, so like places. a remake then? Because a remaster would be the original graphics just cleaned up but you're saying these are brand new graphics okay so it is a remake then yes like final okay, fantasy 7 was a remake remake yeah okay yeah. so remake but same same content but like like what new models new character models new 
something yeah. something. Yeah, and then the engine is new, but it, it modeled after the old okay, engine. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so, so remaking. Got it. Yeah, they took this thing apart, right? But here's the thing: it feels like the first two games. I mean, it's excellent. It's so good at what it does. Um, I realize, though, I am obviously not as good as I used to be. Even though some things are muscle memory and they came right back to me, like kick flips and grinds and manuals and doing these pretty long chains, and I was, you know, doing pretty good. But certain things, like while I was up in the air and jumping over gaps, and certain things I was just bad at all of a sudden. I was like, I used to destroy this game, you know? So that's just on me. I got to, like, you know, get good, as they say. But, oh, dude. I mean, yeah, that game is really Twitch heavy. It takes a lot of reflexes and mastery. Like, I know that. It looks real fun. Like when you're watching videos, it looks real cool and easy. But I remember playing that and thinking it was actually pretty hard. I never, I never got good, and it was certainly something that my friends like really practiced at, and it took some skill. It's a skill, but it's also that flow state. I've actually yeah. talked about that recently. Like when you internalize those moves, man. Yeah, you just go boom, boom. So I like with my time with it over like the last few four days. Um, that's interesting when I say that. Few or four days. <laughs> never said that. <laughs> that's kind of cool. After the last few or four days, which is I guess is three or four days. Um, yeah, no, it came back to start coming back to me and I was like having these incredible chains and, and I love the level design, like so much level design in these uh, first two games is really interesting. And like the weird areas you can break apart and get into. Remember that? Like a lot of secrets and stuff. Yeah. For um, sure. So everything's in the right place. Everything looks better. The lighting is really cool. Um, some levels even just feel like they're, they are a whole new thing because the graphics are so much better. Um, and then they also have, so if you're a purist and you just want to go play the games and wait for things to unlock, because just like the first two games, you had to unlock certain things to get to, to different areas. They have that, but they also have all the, you know, unlockable stuff from the modern era, right? You want to do these challenges, daily challenges, monthly challenges, second challenges, um, <laughs> unlock boards, unlock things, unlock emotes, whatever, all that shit's there. So you can kind of play two different ways. You can kind of go in for, so multiplayer, go and just unlock a bunch of shit, really kind of like grind like for stuff that you want to get. Uh, or you can just play it like the old school games and not even touch any of that stuff, which I think is great that they put both those in there. And also they have that create a skater thing. So you can obviously, I made a version of myself. It's not very deep when it comes to custom uh, customization, but it is always fun to put stats in your skater and that's there too. So. Yeah, I mean, a short review. I love it. It's great. I forgot that I'm not awesome at it, and I have to, like, get better. Uh, but also, for old school people, you got to use the digital pad. Because oh, yeah. I it, it has, a, like, the default controls is analog, which was in 5. And I kind of got used to in 5. And I was like, okay, I guess I can make my Tony Hawk modern. But no, fuck that shit. When it goes back to the old school stuff, you got to go D-pad. Uh, that is the way that I, everybody I know who is really good at that game plays it on the D-pad for yeah, sure. Yeah, so it, it helps with the kickflips and all that stuff. So so I went back to D-pad. It's great. It's it's so relaxing. It's like that and Descenders is my nice, like, I want to chill out and play. You are neck deep in extreme sports right now, buddy. Yeah, dude, and I'm loving it. <clears throat> Man, you know, speaking of current events, real life reflected in games, I, I don't know that this is correct or not, but somebody in my Twitter feed, like literally just a half an hour before we recorded this, uh, posted a picture of Tony Hawk, the game that you're playing right now, and they said that in the, I guess there's like a schoolyard area, or you, you skate near a school or something, and they were saying that the school in the game is actually closed because of COVID. Did you notice that? Yeah, I forgot to talk about that. And there's also a mask you can unlock. 
oh for your man. character well, covid mask dude okay yeah. man Ugh. although Reality. you know yeah you know what they should have done though because masks again have been around forever like again we talked about it one of these episodes where japan had all these very stylish masks oh, sure all of asia absolutely was, yeah it was really cool and so like i feel like they should definitely i don't know if they do it but like it's a surgical mask and i'm like give me some style you know yeah, well, you know, maybe they DLC add-ons DLC. coming up. Maybe have all sorts of customizable yeah. masks. Maybe create your own mask. Who knows, man? Who yeah, knows? that's true. All right, cool. Sounds like it. Man, we are just, uh, we're playing a lot of good games on this show. Everything we've talked about has been good so far. I'm about to break that streak, though. We're gonna we're done with that streak. Okay, because I thought you'd do it for us. <laughs> of course it would At be me. Who else would it yeah. be? All right, so I got a couple things to highlight. Uh, really, I've only got one bad thing to talk about this show, and I'm going to talk about it right now. Uh, it is the new DLC for Control called Awe, A-W-E. Uh, I'm playing the DLC right now, provided to me by the publisher for purposes of this podcast and for review, so full disclosure on that. Control was my game of the year when it came out. I loved Control a lot, and I had a great time with it when it came out. I played the last DLC called The Foundation. It was okay, pretty good. Like, it took uh, main character Jesse Faden to a new part of the building we had never seen before. It gave her a couple brand new powers, so that was kind of interesting to get through. I uh, thought that was a pretty good time. And I'm like, yeah, of course I want to play some more Control. Control is great. Uh, and then the monkey's paw curled because <laughs> Control AWE is not great. Um, so basically, I mean, this is not a spoiler to say because this has been in all the PR materials. The big hook for this DLC... Uh, is that they are reintroducing Alan Wake from 10 years ago, Remedy's previous game. And Remedy wants to make all of their games now a connected universe. So it's got they want to have Alan Wake in the same universe as uh, Control, I guess, as the same universe as that one they did with the, uh, the time travel. Uh, what is that one they made the TV show with? You played it, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Uh, Quantum Break. Quantum Break. Yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. in the yeah. same universe. And they haven't mentioned uh, Max Payne, but I guess it wouldn't surprise me if Max Payne showed up and they were all in the same universe somehow. That seems to be the real reason why they put this content out, because honestly, the content itself is boring. It's really boring. Um, they reuse a lot of assets from the main game, so you're not in a brand new environment. Uh, it feels like they cut and pasted a lot of stuff from the main game, which I was like, man, why are you guys doing this? This, this is not great. Uh, I was hoping that they would like get crazier because the the setting of control is very conducive to having all sorts of different environments. It's a fantasy setting. There's dimensional rifts and you can go to different places. So I, it's very easy for them to justify, oh, we're going to go to this brand new area and it looks totally different than what you did before, which is kind of what I was hoping they would do. But no, you're trapped in the same gray hallways and you're fighting the same orange floaty dudes that shoot at you. Um, they ramped up the difficulty a little bit, which I'm not really like a super fan of. And it's just, it just feels like I'm just playing the same stuff that I was done with. Now, that may sound weird because I said Control is my game of the year when it came out, and it was, but that was like a year ago, like literally a year ago. And I have played probably 200 games at least since then, and I've moved on, and I had a good time with Control. I loved it. But, you know, when you put out a DLC like a year after your game comes out, I would hope that it's like super exciting something different like something to really get the fans excited and it just it feels like a cut and paste more of the same but hey you want to play this to see how we included alan wake in it and to be you know full disclosure i don't give a fuck about alan wake like i didn't really like that game that much the first time mm. alan wake himself is a douchebag character he is the biggest dick in gaming and i just like i'm just not that excited about it so i was hoping that playing the game would be interesting and different and give a new experience 
there's a little bit of like darkness that comes in because if anybody who has played Alan Wake remembers, I mean, his whole thing was the dark. And so he had a flashlight. The flashlight canceled out the darkness. A lot of the guys you fought, you had to hit them with your flashlight first before you could actually kill them. So they do mirror a little bit of that in this content. Like Jesse gets, uh, she can pick up some flashlights and then, you know, disintegrate some dark. There are some rooms that are really dark that hurt your health. Yeah. Until you turn on the lights. I mean, it's, it's, you know, okay, I get it. Like, it's a pretty simple concept. It's not really that exciting. And I just, I mean, I got to be honest, man. I just, I'm really bored. Like, it's only maybe about four hours long and I'm about halfway through it. And I just don't want to keep going because it's just not interesting to play and it's not fun and I'm just not having a good time. So. It's a weird choice. I mean, now that you're talking about it, you know. Um, I'm wondering if it, they did it last minute or were they always planning to do this? I don't know. I mean, I honestly can't tell you. I have no idea. But it's like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, coming back to a year. I mean, I mean, excuse me. Coming back to a game after you've been away from it for like a year or whenever the last DLC was. Like, I forgot the controls. Uh, I didn't remember who the character was. Pun yeah, I know, right? I know, pun intended. I didn't know who the characters were. And, like, Alan Wake was literally, not even exaggerating, literally a decade ago, dude. Like, I remember it, but it's like, it wasn't great then. Yeah. And it's not like I've been burning for more Alan Wake for 10 fucking years. It's like, if he had popped up as, like, a side character, I would have been like, oh, cool, how interesting. But, like, to have that be kind of the focus of this DLC and then to have the DLC feel like it's a bunch of cut-and-pasted material from the main campaign... Well, it feels really cheap and like a cash-in, and it doesn't feel... I mean, and people were dogging the last DLC saying it wasn't different enough and it wasn't, like, cool enough, but I feel like the last DLC actually offered a much better experience than this one did, and I like the earlier one better, so... Yeah, I think yeah. What the, the real issue there is, like, the cut and paste of, like, the levels and the fact that you haven't, like, gone anywhere different, and like you said, I loved Control, and it was on my, you know, games of the year that year, and it did get bizarre as, as fuck you know like we had the maze and we had these crazy moments in it yeah. that were just so surreal and so remember that one the janitor that whole moment with the janitor sure yeah you and you're like, like the janitor's vacation yeah and totally. you're like this is really like, the same game so yeah for me i would like to to keep it in the world and not touch the ellen wake stuff because i liked i actually will disagree and i liked ellen wake and i didn't have a big problem with the character and i again when it came out it was for me like a whole like a, I don't want to say a revelation, but it really felt cool at the time it came out. I was like, what is this game? And it really did feel like Twin Peaks, which I'm a big Twin Peaks oh, fan. Oh, for sure, for sure. So Definite notes. It had that. enough for me to be like, this is a weird, mysterious game. I like it. Um, you know, I didn't really like, wasn't in love with the controls of this like light and darkness thing. It just was, I just kind of went with it. And um, so, but for me, I liked control so much in the world they built. I didn't, I didn't really want, a nod was fine to Alan Wake or Quantum Break or whatever, but I didn't want them to go in that direction. So uh, anyway, I, I mean, you just saying that I'm, I was already out anyhow, because if you have listened to my rants about this is that my actual game is still stuck at the ending of control because I can't beat that fucking oh, section. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It gets really tough. At the and end every time game. I go back, I'm worse at it because it's been so long. So I'm like, I can never do this. And I literally, I think I talked to you about in the show, I watched the ending on YouTube, and I never do that. Um, so yeah. I can't go back, I don't think. Well, so. you know, interestingly, I, I was just flipping through the review guide material that PR had sent me earlier, and I didn't, I didn't keep it open. I don't have the window open anymore. I can't dig for it now. But 
I did see in there somewhere they were mentioning that there was going to be an easier mode, like an assist mode that was going to be added to the game. I don't know if that would convince you to go back and finish it off. I mean, especially if you've already watched the ending on YouTube. But it does sound like they have heard those complaints. And I don't know if that mode is already in or maybe it's coming Ooh, soon. I need to know that. Are, can you can you Google that? Well, I will Google it once we when you when I turn it back over to you for the Avengers. Okay, okay. Uh, I will Before the end of the show, we can tell the listeners because if that's on. Then my, you know, I'm interested because I will, I, I will find it I will because find I want it. to play the DLC that you played that you did like, which is the one before this one. Yeah. The foundation I thought was good and people, it's weird to me because people were dogging it pretty hard and I thought it was actually pretty good. And I know a lot of people were excited for this Alan Wake one. And I'm like, this is the bad one. Like this feels like mm. repeat cut and paste phoned in. I don't really care for this one. Whereas I thought the foundation was good and don't get me wrong. Like I think control is still an awesome game. I just... You know, I just kind of expected more from this DLC, especially like a year later. It seems like they could have done, yeah, for me anyway, something more interesting that would have been um, that would have been better to go. Be- August twenty seventh assist mode, so it should be already out. Oh shit! Why'd you tell me that? Gosh, so, damn it! There you go. It says it lets the player adjust damage amounts and one shot kills to make the game easier to play. And easier to play is in bold. So that that they assist they heard mode the same should, thing. Yeah, they heard yes. A lot of people complained about that section that you were at. A lot of people said it got too hard, needlessly hard at the end. So assist mode is there, apparently, according to this review guide. Motherfuckers. Um, so I give I give AWE kind of a side eye. Like, I don't really think it's that good, but I did like Control a lot. Still recommend Control. I did like the foundation, um, and I would be open for, like, a Control 2 or something, but this particular piece of DLC feels like it's kind of phoned in. Okay, well, you know what? I'll give the alternative opinion, because I haven't played it yet, and I'm just... I've. Like just piled on the bandwagon and was like, yeah, why did they do that? But I haven't even played it. So now you told me that, son of a bitch, not like I have enough games to play. I will re-download Control, and I will put that easy assist mode on. I'll beat it. Yeah, check it out. And I'll see. Well, so we'll, right. we'll, we'll revisit that. Control's not done. We're not done with Control. We're not done with Control. We're coming back to Control. All right, cool. We are actually done with it for this show, though. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the next section. Um, a game that I think that maybe you were playing, but also I had been planning to bring to the show. We talked about this uh, a while ago. I think it was from Gamescom. Struggling. Yep. You, you you highlighted that like one or two episodes ago. Yeah, right? yeah. I was like, I want to check this out, and then you did, and I also did. So now we can talk about it. Yeah. So I bought this game. Uh, it is a two D physics based game where you play a deformed blob, which is basically like two heads that are fused together. And each head controls one arm. The arms are kind of slightly colored differently, so you can tell which arm is which one when you're you're moving around. It's kind of like a 2D Octodad where you control like the hand, but you don't necessarily control the arm. And so a lot of weird physics things can happen when you are like whipping your hands around and you're trying to grab things and move your body. Like if you can imagine just a, a like a weird misshapen head with two arms sticking out of it. Like you don't have a torso or legs, so everywhere you need to go, you have to like whip an arm over and then grab with that arm and then get your other arm free and then whip that one around and then grab with that one and then pull yourself up and then you know like every single thing you do in this game i mean they, they laid out on front street for it is a struggle because it's very difficult to do right. anything in this game um so i jumped into this a while ago like the, i think the day that it dropped i bought it and i gotta say i love the character design of the misshapen head something about it i, I think is just so weird and gross and appealing i just kind of fell in love with it like immediately i like i like the visuals of the game um, they're slightly cartoony, a little bit exaggerated, but it's all got this weird, like, everything has, like, growths on it and, like, bio gross. stuff. Everything's and, gross. Yeah, everything is pretty gross, but in a good way. I think it's pretty good. Um, and I've been playing this game. It reminds me a lot of 
Trials HD in a way, which you might not think would be the, the parallel, but going through these puzzles, um, you know, the developers are not the nicest people in the world. Uh, I mean, maybe they're nice people in general, but in, in this game, <laughs> they are a little bit on the sadistic side Yeah, where they have set up some, some challenges, which, I mean, I think the one that took me the most was it took me like maybe like 75 tries to get through. And I just got... I Fuck kept doing that. it and doing it and doing it and doing it. But, like, oddly, I didn't get mad, right? And I could tell that I was in the same zone that my brain goes to when I play Trials HD. And, you know, for people who don't know Trials HD, that is the extreme dirt bike game where it's, like, hyper-physics-based, where they have you doing, like, things which look absolutely impossible. But if you master the controls and you understand how to shift the weight of the bike around, you can do, like, these ridiculous jumps and, like, climbing vertical surfaces and, like, doing all these ridiculous like drop down a ramp and land on your front tire and bounce and spin and land on this other thing it seems like it's all bullshit but like if you are good enough you can do it and i love that game even though it's phenomenally difficult and i find that struggling is phenomenally difficult as well not maybe not as hard as trials uh because trials is not like as hard, hard as trials you are insane no i think trials is definitely harder trials wow. hd we and, disagree uh, there but continue all right yeah but i think but they're in the same ballpark i would put them in the same basket but i gotta say um, I really have been liking struggling a lot, even though it's hard, even though it's frustrating, even though sometimes I would kill for a checkpoint that was just a little bit closer together. Uh, I really like this game a lot. I'm determined to finish it. I've been putting in time every night since it released, and I've made um, some pretty good progress. So, so far, if you are masochistic in the way that I am describing, like if you like Trials HD, if you like the physics, if you like a challenge where it's going to take you 50 tries just to get up a fucking ladder... I mean, if you're okay with stuff like that, and I'm, uh, I'm definitely okay with that, uh, I like this game a lot. Now, Carlos, I, I would not have, I would not have predicted this to be your jam. What do you make of struggling? Oh boy, yeah. I mean, it's it's exactly what we just said. Like, if you like Dark Souls games, <laughs> yeah, this it, is it, the Dark Souls of deformed right. heads. Well, it's a Dark Souls Octodad, right? It's um, it's 2D Octodad, but with just two arms. That's how I describe yes, it. Yes, 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 exactly. Um, and I had more fun with Octodad because it was 3D. And mm -hmm. it's actually, it gave me more chances to succeed, I think. Agreed, it, agreed. Right? Because you could fall all over the place, but you're kind of falling forward. And in 2D uh, struggling, you if you don't do something right, you're not going forward. You're not, right. you're not going anywhere. You're actually just right. sitting on the ground because you're a fucking head. And <laughs> by the way, there's also, by the way, this is my only game of the show that I don't like. Uh, you have a button where you can just talk. What Does that do anything? It just makes you laugh. That's all it does. Okay. It's, it, nothing's funny. He, no. <laughs> he needs to stop laughing. And I kept hitting that button, like, hoping it would change, like, motherfucker. You know, like, it should be him swearing. Yeah, it should be. It because should be. he's like, he can't even fucking do one thing right. And I can't do the one thing right. So I'm really talking about myself. This, this game and my brain don't mix. Like, my brain goes, I don't get it, Carlos. <laughs> and I was like, hey, brain, we've done puzzles before. You remember we done those really hard puzzles and Sudoku and fucking Picross and put those numbers together and we've done video games and the brain goes, no, Carlos, we're going to bed. This is fucking <laughs> over. And I was actually, it didn't help that I was like sleepy at the time. And, sure, sure. you know, and I was like, I'm going to try this before bed. Uh, no, fuck this game for me. Like, if you like it, that's cool. More power to you. You also like Dark Souls and I say, fuck Dark Souls. We know, sure, all know sure. that. But I, I, again, just like you, have limited time, uh, busy lives, and also things and games that make me feel bad about myself and that I can't do. 
uh, are not anything I want to have to do with at all. I want to feel empowered. I want to feel like I leveled up. I'm oh, not... this is this is mega disempowering the game. It's disempowering the game, but also I like, like you said, I do like the character art. I like some of the funny comedy they do. Like there's <laughs> at some point there's these uh, scientists who are dancing in like a dance party, and there's just a microphone like along the area where you're trying to do like the puzzle, but like there's no reason for the microphone, but your little guy picks it up at some point and it's yeah. so pathetic because he can't do anything with the microphone. So I just threw the microphone down a, a hole somewhere. I was like, <laughs> fuck that microphone. <laughs> and the comedy comes from like physics there, you know? So yes. I'll give that like a, a couple of points, which is like, yeah, this is kind of an interesting world that they're building. And because of the dumb physics and because of your really limited controls, some funny things can happen where you fall into something and smash something. So that's there, but it's just too few and far between for me because I literally have hard time walking. Like I, oh I, yeah, dude. like you're supposed to like figure it out at some point maybe and get a little bit better at the movement. But because they keep rolling your body because you have no body, there's no you, you, your arm, <laughs> your left arm is your right arm, then your right arm is your left arm. Yep. So yep. that's the biggest problem is that if it was just like the right trigger was always the thing you looking at it for your right side it's not because you keep rolling it flips it so i had to say fuck this game and i'll never go back to it and uh i can see some people enjoying it but i don't know man it's definitely it's, not for it's, me it's funny that you even picked this game up because i was actually really surprised that you were interested in this one because this game i actually love this game i, I well, hate I'm it like but Octodad, i also love it you know yeah yeah i mean it is but like the, i think the, the contrast is that with octodad like j exactly like you said 3D, so it was a little bit more generous, and also like fewer penalties in Octodad. Like a lot of yeah. it, you could just fuck up, and nothing really bad happened. But in this game, like it's about making progress, and so if you can't do the moves, like you, like you said, you're literally not moving forward. You're not doing anything. You're stuck. You die all the time. There's all sorts of spikes. There's all sorts of like pitfalls. There's all sorts of dangerous things that you can get killed by. So like they, it is the, the proposition for getting through this game is much more difficult, much more stringent, much more punishing yep. um, than Octodad. Even though it's got the same kind of basic goofy physics things. Um, but you know, I gotta say, I really do love it, and it, that's the the hard headed like you know I'm gonna take on this challenge because I find it personally appealing. I mean, that's what got me through Trials HD. That's what got me through some of the Souls games. That's what got me through, you know, any difficult game that comes along that I click with, Gun Valkyrie or some shit like that back in the day. Um, but I, I actually really do love this game. I am determined to finish it, and I got really, really far. Like, I almost thought I was going to beat the game last night, and they surprised me with another level after that. And I'm like, okay, I would have been okay if this game had ended, but I'm going to keep going because I really want to finish it. But it, it is actually really funny. I mean, you go through... And there's lots of little touches. Um, there's obvious nods. And it's funny that I bring up the Trials HD thing because at one point you do get a dirt bike. And so you're oh. on the dirt bike with your two arms and your head and you have to balance your weight between the front and rear axle, which is really nuts. Some of the boss battles, uh, one boss battle turns out to be like you lose your arms and you, you play pinball with your body, which is really funny. One of the boss battles, I shit you not, is a dating simulator. You get to the dating simulator you have to answer questions about romance and like talk to this other thing about who you think your best match is. Uh, and the level that I'm at right now, uh, I have to put myself inside a unicorn's butthole and I get exploded out with like a shower of a rainbow shooting out of his ass. So like there's comedy in this game. Like these guys have yeah. a sense of humor for sure. Um, but they also have that mean streak because there's definitely a few parts where I'm like, if you were here right now, I would punch you in the face for making this because this is like one notch too hard. You should have dialed this back and it's making me really angry. But then I keep going and I, I've, I've almost quit this a couple times, but then I just, 
I'm like, no, I can't quit. I'm going to keep going. And then I make it. And then I'm really happy. Um, right. But I wouldn't mind if this game was like maybe three degrees easier. Like it doesn't need to be as hard as it is. I think it would be just as fun and just as enjoyable if it was easier. I don't think the difficulty is what's selling me. I think just the goofiness, the the weird things that pop up, the humor, and just the way it plays is really fun. So if it was easier, I'd be totally fine with that. Uh, right. But I am I am definitely going to do my best to finish this. That's what I saw. The things you just mentioned, I saw that like in a trailer probably. And that's why I picked it up. You go, why would you pick it up? Uh, because it looked fun and interesting and funny comedy weird shit. Like yeah, I saw yeah. the pinball thing. I saw, I think I saw the unicorn. You know, and then you put that in your trailer. You put that in out there. People want to get to that content. So it actually brings up a tangent, which we don't have to go too far down. But yeah, go for it. You know, with the whole hard game thing and get good thing, which we talked about a lot. If you're gonna really spend some time on the comedy there and like plan a, a riding a bicycle segment and a unicorn shitting you out with rainbows <laughs> if we've mentioned this before like if you want your player to get there then help them get there like yeah, don't like yeah. don't only uh you know handcuff them and say like okay if you, you have to be really really fucking good now i know that's the same thing with dark souls but i guess you just limit your audience by doing that and that might be fine maybe they're fine with that but for me, like, I'm out. Like, I won't ever try to get to the places you're talking about. I'll just, like, hear about them from you. So. I mean, I can't disagree with you, dude. I think this game actually has a lot to offer. I think the art is great. I think the humor is great. I think the concept is great. I mean, so many, like, when you get to the funny parts, I'm like, like, when I got to the dating simulator, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe there's a fucking dating simulator game. This is amazing. Like, this is so fun. But, like, I had to get through, like, two hours of, like, gritting my teeth and being really angry to get yeah. there. And I don't think that's really the selling point of this game. I mean, I for me personally like i am hard-headed enough to get through it and do it but i can easily see a million people bouncing off of this and there's even a two-player mode where you can control one arm and a friend can control the other arm and at first before i started this game i was like oh i talked to my wife like oh yeah we should play this co-op and then i played the first level to see what it was like and i'm like nope we're not playing this co-op because we will kill each other right right, right, right. so it it, i wish it was easier i honestly do but i still like it I will also say this, though, because I was trying to bite my tongue, but I was doing a bad job of it while you were talking about Trials, because I think Trials is different than both things you're talking about when it comes to Souls games or this game, because Trials has physics in it, which are a little random, and you can beat levels in that multiple ways. Similar to, like, Lonely Mountains Downhill, like, I beat those, like, really, really, really fucked up hard levels, like, not the way they probably intended Lots of times I like bunny hopped or fell down up, you know, sideways and then like landed somehow and bounced myself. So I think that's a little different because I feel like souls, you have to do things certain ways. Struggling, you seems like you have to do things certain ways. You're not going to fucking win. And in trials, I think I like fudged my way through some of it. You know I, mean, I mean, very, po- very possible. Um, I mean, I think I, I, I make the trials comparison just like knowing when you get to like the end game of trials where like you can get through like anybody can get through the first half of the game because it's like big ramps and you know big jumps and it's all spook uh, scary and exciting and it's pretty easy to get through but when you get to like the final 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 levels where it's like you have to do the perfect bunny hop off of this log and you have to land on your yeah, front tire you have to hop stuff four, like that yeah yeah you have to get through the last two hops and then you have to do a backflip and then you get on this ramp that's only like an inch long and you have to balance your weight like there's some bananas hard stuff when you get to like end game in trials and that's really what i was thinking of or you just have to like like some of those trials levels dude i think i've i've played some of those tracks like five or six hundred times before i finished them you're right now that i'm you just brought back ptsd for me 
because like I, for, I there's this one where you have to go in an S formation. So you yes. have to like go like forward, but then also backwards, but then also like uh, kind of a wheelie and then back to an S again. Yep. And it yep. took me so long to figure out that I had to go in an S because I was like, no, you go left or right, you know. Uh, so you're right. So some of that is fucked up. Never mind. I retract my statement. <laughs> and also fuck all those games then. I mean, I think your statement is largely correct. I just like I just the, the, the part of my brain that says, yes, I will try this level 600 times. Yeah. Is the same part that is activated when I'm playing struggling. And I'm like, I will do this this staircase 75 times in a row because I feel like I can get it eventually. And that's the part that is is activated. So that if you have that part of the brain, yep. you might like this game. If you that's don't. You. Stay the fuck away from this game because it is it is not a nice game. Even though I really do like it. So, oh, okay. and by the way, the the intro story because I was already falling asleep. I did not understand what was going on. Oh in my the intro god! Story. Yes. It went way too long. I was like, "What you is happening?" Are one hundred percent correct. All all that happened was this this brain or this head with two arms. All it needed to do was bust out of a jar in a lab. That's the only story <laughs> yeah, it needed. It just needed but to come out and go like, I'm here. That's exactly it. That's all it needed to do. But did they do that? No. No. They did like some kind of weird, like back in the Roman times, there was these race of abomination guys and they were blessed by the gods and they were heroes what? and they brought fire to the people and then they were warriors. And I'm like, what is even happening right I thought now? I was playing I, the wrong game. I was like, what's I'm, happening? <laughs> I was very confused. You don't need that. All you need is him busting out of a jar. That's all you need. I don't know why they did what's that. What's up? He just has to say, what's up? <laughs> what's up? That would be amazing. That is not what happened. That no. would be a better opening. So anyway, okay. Enough of that. Moving on. Struggling. You like it. You hate it. It's there. Whichever way you swing. I don't know. Find out for yourself. Let us know. Uh, Carlos Avengers. I have not played this because I was really turned off of the beta, but it's out People are telling me that it's actually pretty good when you play the campaign. The beta gave people a bad impression. Is that true? What do you think of Avengers? Yeah, I played the beta as well. And I think um, I was just like, meh. It didn't feel like anything great. Um, You know, uh, I think everybody and their mother has already played that bridge scene. So that was like in old demos. That was like, it's the beginning of this game. And I didn't want to go through that again, but I had to. Which essentially is the Avengers... Uh, saving everybody because a bridge is collapsing and you have to get to play as all the characters and, and, and try them out. And I remember that was in the beta and then I played the beta for a little while longer and some of the campaign was in there, uh, but it ended pretty quickly. And so I didn't really have a, a either way feeling about it. I was just like, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's what they showed us. But this allows you to actually really uh, learn the story about Kamala Khan, who is a great character. Uh, and I'm I'm very happy to say that the single player campaign is almost fantastic. It's like very very good. There are a couple things near the end of it, which is where I'm at right now, the end of the campaign, that get laborious and kind of introduce you to the elements that you're going to be playing in the in quotes main game. So, but in the beginning, I would say the first three quarters of this single player campaign is excellent. And for my money would be fine with just playing that. Like if they gave me a, what was the Last of Us um, or Uncharted like side story, remember? Oh yeah, with the two the two women characters. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Lost Legacy or Lost something Legacy, like that? Lost Legacy, something like that. All yeah. those like short six hour adventures in the same world, etc. of the main game. That's what this could be. And I would be totally fine paying 20 bucks. Give me Marvel Avengers game. Let's just call it Kamala Khan and Miss Marvel, right? Single player game. 
if they would have done that, which they kind of, I guess, did, it's very good. It's a 12 to 15 hour campaign. Uh, I, again, I'm coming up about 10 hours right now in it, and it's excellent. So Kamala Khan, if you're not aware, uh, Pakistani-American from New Jersey. She has shape-shifting abilities, and she's Miss Marvel in the comic world of Marvel. And they basically show her like origin story, and you feel for her, you understand her world. Um, it does a really good job of representation, showing Pakistani and her heritage, and just like her world, like what it looks like to be her in this, you know, small apartment and trying to, you know, make her dad happy. And you feel really like connected to this character really quickly. And then they go through a whole moment that I won't spoil about where the Avengers and the Avengers go into hiding and you've got to figure out what happened. And you just, you know, young Kamala Khan just figuring out her powers and can't believe that she's even involved with the Avengers has to help save the day. And yeah, it's great. I mean, there's so many cool moments with like, you know, uh, the Hulk or Bruce Banner talking with her. Uh, I originally didn't like that it's what's his butt again. Um, who's that? The voice actor who's in everything now. Oh, um, not nope. Nolan North, but the other guy. Um, oh my goodness. How can we not know his name? Uh, I know who you're talking about. No. Uh, Baker, Troy Baker. Troy Baker, right. So initially, I just I think I was telling you, I just hear Troy Baker because it's his voice. But he, he plays it really subdued, and then you, at some point you kind of like let go of that and you just kind of go with the character. So, yeah, you follow her and her adventures of kind of, uh, I don't really want to spoil it, just have a, a good time with it, but she's like learning about where the adventures went and trying to figure out how to save the day, learning her powers. And her powers are really fun because she's basically like able to stretch her arms and you know make her hand really huge and smash things and just really really fun to play her and the combat itself you know the biggest miss i would say is that the impact sounds aren't good which is really weird when you're going to be hitting a million things in a game like this Hmm. and you know like leveling up and going through waves of enemies when you hit things even if you're the hulk it's kind of a, a a thud like a boom and i'm like whoa man maybe like spend some time on the hitting sound you know (laughs) because you're gonna hit like a thousand million things sure sure so when you start doing combat in the game you just go like wow that's a little weird that it's like so it doesn't really feel like impactful but other than that yeah the single player is great and like i said near the end of the single player it starts opening up all these things that you're going to experience in this online experience of a game which is upgrading your parts upgrading all your you know gear um finding loot boxes everywhere not true loot boxes you're not paying for anything but just finding little boxes that have you know upgrades etc and so you start doing that more then you start seeing daily challenges start popping up and faction challenges and i i didn't want those you know because i like wanted to finish the story because I have so many questions right now before we get deeper in this I got to pick your brain a little bit because you know I you know when this game started coming out they were doing a big PR push about yeah there's loot boxes and there's going to be missions and they were kind of playing it up like this is going to be the game you're going to be playing for the next 10 years doing like one of those destiny things where like oh this is a forever game you're going to get into this which honestly was a big turnoff for me Um, I was expecting it to be an eight hour weekender where you just like play a really cinematic campaign you have a good time then you forget about move on which is kind of what it sounds like you described with the Kamala Khan portion. So yep. I guess just to, to just dial back a little bit, 
so when you begin this game, I mean, the gameplay is just what? Like, kind of a beat-em-up? I mean, that seems like what it is from the banner, just like you're punching a lot of goons, Yeah, right? it's third-person, uh, you know, action melee, and then some range stuff thrown in. Okay, so that's the basic combat. You st- And you play most of the campaign as Kamala Khan, is that also correct? No, 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 no. So you actually do... Oh, you don't? Oh, yeah. okay. I mean, okay, so I would say most might be correct, but you do have to jump in and play as other characters as they get introduced. Oh, so okay, okay. I probably should have mentioned that at the in, in the beginning. But like when you meet Bruce Banner, you meet uh, the Hulk, you've got to play as him in the beginning of when you meet him. Okay, okay. And so the same thing happens with all the characters. And that's why essentially you can't jump into the online experience. You, I mean, you shouldn't until you beat this game because that essentially shows the backstory for all the characters and why they're here. So when I went over before this review, which is why we'll definitely talk about this game again, I was going to go just check out the online experience. But it said you might not want to because there's spoilers in here. And me really enjoying this, like like you said, not eight hours, but about 12 hours campaign, I didn't want the spoilers. Sure, so, I wouldn't either, yeah. Yeah, so I'm actually going to finish it, maybe even tonight, um, definitely probably over this break. And... Yeah, to, to your point, like you play as other characters, but you always go back to Kamala because it's really her story. Well, I guess I'm confused then. So, I mean, that's I mean, if it had been pitched as a 12 hour narrative cinematic, you know, action game. I mean, I love those kind of games. Those are fine. Like that sounds like a weekend of fun. You're done. But then they also have this whole pitch about like uh, the online stuff, the persistent stuff, the loot, the leveling up and all this other stuff. And that little part that I saw from the beta didn't look great. And I guess I'm just confused about how those two things come together. So when you get to that part and they start doing the challenges, I mean, are you just replaying campaign missions? Are there separate like side missions? Like, what are you even doing when they want you to do the loot, the loot section? Well, that's what I was trying to get to now. And, and this is a, a good segue for it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, about three quarters of the way in or maybe even halfway in, you start noticing like them. It's very secretive or, or very sly, I should say. I think it's like a Candy Crush thing or something where they start showing like, oh, enemies have shields now, right? Oh, okay. Oh, enemies can teleport in. It doesn't matter. If you know, forget the story we're in. They, oh, yeah, they just teleported a bunch of new enemies in. So you have to fight them now. And that's the part, I, of course, I don't like, right? I don't want to be in this kind of uh, MMO persistent world, PvP world right now because I want to finish this fucking story. But I understand why they're doing it because they're saying like, hey, when you're done with this, don't be surprised. This is how the real world's going to be, which is like enemies with shields. Uh, oh, there's another level of shields, which is like cryo shields. And you have to break that shield before you can actually hurt the guy. And they're doing that because obviously it's it's part of this monetization, I think. Like it sounds it's, horrible, dude. Right. Okay, hold on, hold on. Uh, let me bring you back in, though. All right, all right. All that stuff's there, and it shows up, but it's not too hard because, again, you're leveling up your character this whole time, too. So, yes, I'm very frustrated that none of the leveling up shows on your character. It's fucking dumb. They There's no he- cosmetic stuff, right? Yeah. You get a new piece of gear, it doesn't show. You look right. the same. The, and we talked about the last, in the demo, it's all over the online, right? That's the number one thing people are hating on. Um, they'll have to address it at some point. You can't just pay for uh, the stuff. That's stupid. Now they have, what they did do is they made unlockable stuff for your character to look differently based on challenges. So if you go back into the harm, which is the like um, holograph simulator thing, you can Mm. do a bunch of like different missions in there. And if you beat those, you get a new costume, but it's still too grindy for me. So I'm I'm like, no, no, that's fine. I'm not gonna do any of that. So you do level up your character. You do feel strong about three quarters of the way, more and more boxes show up more and more things like that would be in the online world show up but 
you don't have to do them. The only things you have to do are the campaign things. And so they just kind of put them alongside the story, right? Because just now I, I got to a new base, right? And mm-hmm. in the base, there was 18 motherfucking things I could do. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, like is... side quests, you mean? Yeah, yeah. They were like, hey, come over here, Kamala. Come over here. Oh, actually, go to the war table. You can open up 18 new missions and, you know, unlockables and upgrades. And I was like, everybody calm the fuck down. Show me where the mission is. And so I just told everybody to shut the fuck up. And I went and did the mission. So, and I was, they didn't make me underleveled. I felt like it was challenging, but I, I feel like I was getting to the level that I needed to be for the challenge. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, yes. So, yes, I don't know if like near the very end, they're going to go, well, you got to grind first and that will suck balls. So hopefully they <laughs> don't do that. But if they don't do that, then I think what they're doing is they're just introducing everything alongside it to be like, okay, now when you hit the button, to go into this game, you know what the fuck's going on. It just doesn't seem like those two styles of gameplay go together. And I just, you know, I haven't played it yet other than the beta, so I can't really speak with authority on this. But, I mean, what, what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing from you and from what I'm seeing a lot of in my Twitter feed is people saying, I really dig the campaign, Kamala's cool, I like this, but I have no interest in the other stuff. And the other stuff really seems to be like what Square Enix is pushing, where they really want you to you know, grind and get in the, make this a daily habit and you're going to play this for the next 10 years. You're going to be leveling up and doing all these things. I just, I just wonder if they're just trying to really force these two things to go together. This doesn't sound like chocolate and peanut butter. It sounds like chocolate and clam strips to me. Oh, that's a very interesting and terrible sounding combination. <laughs> but chocolate <laughs> and peanut butter. Two things that don't go together, man. Maybe they're good on their own, but they don't go together. Right. Chocolate and peanut butter is amazing. And now that you made me want it, but I'll say this, um, in agreeance with you, uh, I think that I wrote this down in my notes. I said, since when did waves of enemy equal fun? Because essentially if you can, if you want the character to grind or the person to grind and get some more XP to do something, you can do that in story-based missions, right? You can have them like find this crate. You can find a maze. They can slide down this hole. You can fight this big monster at the end, but to have it be waves is absolute bullshit. And that's where it started feeling like, okay, to your point, like, that does not mix with the story right now because Kamala herself would be like, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I fighting? I didn't sign up for this. You know, I signed up killing 10,000 goons. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I signed up to save Captain America or like save the Hulk or whatever. I didn't sign up to fight a million cryo shielded motherfuckers. So, but then what they do is they hook you back in because right now I just beat a in quotes boss and it was this girl that I really, really didn't like in the story and I wanted to get vengeance on. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Now I feel good about taking down this boss. But then they'll throw a hundred ways of other bullshit. So they are mixing it together. And there is another game that does this. I'm trying to think of what it is now. That it was like the, the single player introduced you to the online world. Which was it? Oh, I mean, I, I think, I mean, I, I think s- several games do that. But um, I don't know specifically. I mean, I don't know. I just... It seems like something like with Destiny, where I'm just not into Destiny, but I understand the structure of Destiny. Uh, I don't. I don't know that a lot of games can really pull that off. I don't know that it really makes sense in a lot of games, especially something like this. Because I got to be honest with you, dude. I was getting bored with the beta, and I'm sure the beta is nothing compared to what you're doing in the campaign. But if there's a good story and it, and it rolls along, that's great. But if I get to a point where I'm like, I got to kill 500 goons in order to level up to get to the next thing. I would probably be out at that point. Right. Again, to, to make it a very clear point, you, I haven't had to level up yet at all. 
Okay, at all. Not intentionally. No, no. Like you're not grinding, uh, purposely grinding. No, and I have only done. I don't have not really done any side missions. I've mainly done. I think I only did one side mission, which is saying a lot, right? Because I've made it to three quarters of the way through the the game. Yeah, for and, sure. For sure. And then I've done a couple like, oh, I'll go over there, like a tomb, like a tomb raider thing. I'll go and get a couple extra things, and I'm constantly like upgrading my non-existent stuff, you know, your power level is what it is. And your uh, different items you have have levels. So I'm, I'm leveling, uh, but it's not like, I don't I don't feel like I'm stuck yet. And that's why I'm afraid that the ending will be like, yeah. hey, you're not like level whatever. So I'll come back to you and we'll talk about it again, I'm sure. Um, I will say this though. Wow, I'm very impressed by the campaign. It was heartfelt moments. It, it They brought up bullying. They brought up um, race. They brought up, you know, feeling like an outsider. It's really fucking good, man. I've heard it's good. I've heard the campaign is where it's at, which is all the more confusing as to why they want to do this other stuff. But yeah, it I, seems like they really are underselling what they're, what they're doing right. Yeah, you're right. And I think that it could be a standalone game. It, it kind of essentially is. And I'll, I'll report back to see if they fucked me at the end, where they like, made me care about this character in the story. And then they were like, grind something. So, And then again, this is we'll do another review or I will on the actual world that we opens up because I haven't even went into that world. Right? Like, what does that look like? I don't know. Um, before I, before I leave this review, this preview review, I'll say one thing they missed big time besides the impact sounds is you collect comics in this game, but you don't get to read them. You just collect like the covers or whatever. Yeah, Fuck you. Yeah. What the fuck? This is like a Marvel. <laughs> you want me to feel like in this world, Kamala loves Marvel. Like she would love to read the books. It would get you more interested in the in the lore. I don't. What the fuck are they doing? Uh, maybe there would be like a DLC where you get like a Comicsology subscription or something. Who knows? Who knows? Right, yeah. So okay, I, I my my <clears throat> mini preview review is that I actually really fucking like it, and mm. I and I'm slightly turned off by the shields and the ways of enemies that are starting to show up now. And so I'm like, okay, what's this gonna do? Is this gonna get really, really hard? And if so, I'll be so disappointed. Um, and and before I leave this, I will also say I love doing this. Is I watch a show and then I play a game that's similar, right? You know, I do that a lot. Sure, sure. I'm watching The Boys season two right now, and it's intense as fuck. And it is a perfect combination. So if you're out there right now thinking about jumping on for Avengers, watch some of The Boys show and then go play avengers it's a great combo all right there we go we will check back in with you on avengers next week i am sure yep. um right now i'm going to close out the show with two other uh kind of quickies i guess um first is a game that i am playing for review right now it is currently under embargo but by the time the show goes up it'll no longer be under embargo so i can talk about it it is called necromunda underhive wars this is set in the warhammer 40k universe which everybody again? listened to the show. Yes, oh again. This How is an amazing year for Warhammer. They have had more good games with that IP this year than any game in memory because Necromunda, believe it or not, is another amazing, awesome game, wow. which is a great use of the Warhammer IP. Uh, I don't know much about this particular setting, uh, but basically it takes place in a giant city, which is like a, like a weird city that's piled on top of like the ruins of an older city and then there's another city on top of that there's just like layers of city in this giant big pile and people live in it like you know like scavenging and you know what you know like gruddy gross gruddy kind of nasty warhammer 40k stuff everybody's got like 
uh, you know, cybernetics implanted in them. Everybody's got a mohawk and everybody's hungry and dirty. A toaster and stuff. for like a shoulder pad. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that whole thing. So you're in this, this, this pile of cities and what happens is there's some kind of like treasure at the bottom, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to get into the story. Don't worry about it. But basically it is a turn-based strategy uh, tactics squad game uh, where it's broken up into two different parts. There's the story campaign, which I'm doing now, which basically te teaches you what you need to know to play the game. I'm not done with that yet. Working my way through it. And then there's like another part where you can make your own team. I don't know exactly what you do if you go online or if there's other challenges. I haven't, I haven't even touched that part yet. Uh, but what I've seen so far is amazing. Um, the graphics are great. Uh, it's very like faithful to the images from Warhammer 40K. All of the people in it look like you know like little miniatures that you would get uh, you know playing the tabletop. Mm. Uh, and the tactics are great. Now the twist to this game is because you're in this like city, this underhive city with layers and layers and layers. These uh, developers have really taken verticality as their watchword. So if you think of something like XCOM where you're looking down on a grid and, you know, maybe there's a building, maybe there's a roof or something, you know, maybe there's a little bit of verticality, but basically you're looking at a flat map. Not so in this game, like this game is like levels upon levels upon levels in each, in each area. And there's ins and outs, like there's a house, there's zip lines, there's like other buildings, there's rooftops, there's gutters, there's holes. So like you, like I find that my brain is being taxed in a way that is almost never taxed when I'm doing a strategy game because I'm constantly thinking about, how high is my gunner? Can they see below them? Like, where is my melee guy? Can he climb up this place in enough time to get this other person over here? And like, where are my guys in position to each other? And where are they in position comparison to the enemies? And like, it is, they really embrace the verticality, like in a huge major way. And I find that it makes the game feel very challenging in a good way and a very different way. Like it doesn't feel like I'm playing XCOM. It doesn't feel like every other strategy game because you can be on top of somebody and jump down on them. You can zip line up. You can zip line down. You can shoot guys. There's height advantage. There's all sorts of stuff that plays into being inside this big ruined city with all sorts of like little shanty town areas and like ruined stuff and pipes and machinery. Like it all comes together really well. And I feel like um, they are really, really using the setting extremely well. Um, uh, I just have really been liking it a lot. Um, the graphics are great. The team tactics are great. Every different character has their own little powers, just, you know, like most strategy games do. And trying to figure out how those pieces fit together, in addition to the positioning of the verticality, uh, really challenging. Uh, these levels take a while. I feel like each level has taken me at least half an hour or an hour, um, just like slowly moving my guys through and figuring out what's the best thing to do, good approaches to use. Uh, but it's great. Like, it's really, really great. This is like the third Warhammer 40k game I have played this year, which I think is like phenomenal. Like, we really liked uh, Inquisitor. It was amazing. Yeah. I really liked... Um, the one that I just played a minute ago, which I am totally blanking on the name of. What was the name of? Mechanicus. Mechanicus. It was really, something. really good. Yeah, Mechanicus yeah. was really, really good. And now Necromunda, really, really good. Like, I feel like maybe Warhammer has broken its streak because they are famous for being hot and cold with their games because they would license to just anybody and a lot of stinkers out there. But man, they are just like on fire this year. Like, these are three really good games. So I will have more to talk about this one as I get further into it. I'm only about maybe halfway through the story campaign right now. But man digging it and if you are a tactics nut like i am this is an amazing year to be a tactics fan there have been so many yep. good turn-based tactics game it's nuts they're like there's everywhere you turn there's another really really good turn-based tactics game like man we are just spoiled this year yeah it's, it's a comeback for tactics you're right and then also oh. um would you say it's uh it's difficult as like a desperados or whatever 
it is not as difficult as Desperados, but it is definitely difficult. Like it is like one notch above XCOM. It feels like because mm. you just have so much more to consider. Um, and I bet that once I get past um, the story missions where the training wheels are taken off, I bet it's going to get pretty hard. But right. I'm digging it so far. I really, really like it a lot. Yeah, I was going to say um, in Wasteland Three, there is a little verticality as well. I forgot that. And like even if you're at the top of a hill, you know you can't shoot down at somebody like if you're too far away mm-hmm. and so you really have to think about like uh, that a little bit as well so yeah i like that i like that approach with t- turn-based uh tactical and then verticality but if it's too hard you know me I'm out. i mean i'll let you know i'll let you know because it's it hasn't been too hard so far but i can see where it would get difficult and like right. you know I, i'm definitely still in the training portion so once once they let me out on my own we'll see how it goes but so far Necromunda Underhive Wars is awesome. I'm really liking it a lot. like it very, very much. Um, last game I'm going to mention, last game for the show, Lair of the Clockwork God. I know we, we brought this up when we did our mid-year check-in. I haven't talked about this already, have I? Or have I? I don't remember. I'm going to look it up on Google. I forgot. Lair. I don't think so. Lair of the Clockwork God, when we did our mid-year check-in, I put out a survey to all of our listeners and to the people who follow us on Twitter, and this one was the surprise entry. Like, a bunch of people picked this one as their favorite game of the year. I had never heard of it, like, up until, like, a month ago. And I was really caught by surprise, and I looked into it. It was PC only, so I didn't pay too much attention. But it is now on Switch, and I believe it is also on other platforms, and that was my in. Uh, sent a code for this game for the purposes of discussion, so full disclosure there. Um, so, Lair of the Clockwork God is actually really, really good. I can totally understand why people pick it as their one of their favorites of the year. Uh, very quality. I definitely recommend it. Basically what it is... It is a combination point-and-click adventure and platformer. But you have two characters when you're playing the game. One guy is the point-and-click guy, and he doesn't want to jump, doesn't want to collect anything. The other guy is the platforming guy who cannot solve puzzles, and he loves to jump a lot. So the two of them together work to solve whatever problems or puzzles get in their way. You can switch back and forth between the two guys either anytime you want to. And the levels are broken up. Like, sometimes you go through a long platforming section... And then you just like, it's just about reflexes and stuff. And that's, you know, pretty easy, pretty good. Then you'll get to like a puzzle section. So the platforming guy takes a break. The puzzle guy takes over and you, you know, collect items. And it's like, like use item on other item to get another item. And it's free, it's pretty classic, uh, you know, adventure game point and click stuff. But the thing that really makes it good is that number one, the art is really cute. Uh, and also the writing is really funny. Um, I've laughed out loud multiple times playing this game. I think it's sharp. A lot of good jokes. A lot of good repartee and banter, uh, and it's just really, really well put together. You can tell that the guys who are making this game, I believe it's a small team uh, of just one or two guys, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you can tell that they know what they're doing. Like, there is a feeling to this game of where people who know how to make a game are making a game that they want to make, and they're doing it in the way that they want to make it. Like, I don't feel like, I don't feel like they're struggling with this game. I don't feel like they have problems they couldn't solve. I don't feel like anything is patchwork here. I don't know if that's true. I mean, who knows what development's like. But the end result feels very confident, very polished. It feels like developers who are in their powers and they are using them in the way that they want to use them. So it is a very solid, very firm, confident, well-put-together-feeling game. Writing is solid, graphics solid, puzzles are solid. I mean, it's good all the way through. Uh, I like it, but I will give you um, just a couple of... Uh, not uh, not warnings, I guess, but just, just a heads up. Um, one, for me... Personally, Brad Galloway, 
I'm terrible at point and click games, dude. It is it is one of my worst genres. And you mean like the combining two things together kind of thing? Yes, yeah, like like use item on item or sometimes like there are puzzles in this game which I think are really simple once I know what the answer is. But before I know what that answer is, I'm just like stumped. And I know that the and I know that anybody else who's good at the adventure genre or the point and click genre would be like, "What are you doing, dumbass? Just do this and this." It's simple. It's obvious. And I'd be like, "Oh, that okay." Like. Yeah. Whatever is obvious to somebody who's good at the genre, like, I am not that guy. And that is, that is my personal weakness. So this is not a fault of the game. I think the game gives you clues. There's not been a ton of items, so I don't, like, feel like I'm drowning inventory. I mean, honestly, I feel like this is a pretty straightforward, simple point-and-click game, with the caveat being I am terrible at point-and-click games. That is, it is a, a weakness of mine. I admit that. It's not my best genre. So I'm struggling because my brain just doesn't work like that. So that's that's more about me than it is about the game just putting that out there yeah by the way um, i'm i'm in the same boat because i i love there's so many great funny stories to be had yes, in point yes. and click and i miss out on a lot of them because i go my brain doesn't work like that either just like it struggles with struggling it struggles with this kind of thing too. yeah yeah so full disclosure that's on me i get frustrated with this game and i know that a lot of people would not get stuck where i got stuck i know a lot of people would not get frustrated I know a lot of people would like breeze through these parts that I'm getting stuck at. I admit that. It's fine. We're not all the same people. We don't have the same skill sets. It's totally okay. I'm great at some games. This is a game I'm not great at. That's on me. Um, the other thing that I would say is I'm playing the Switch port, and uh, the people who made the game farmed this port out to another studio, and the people who are porting it to the Switch are fucking insane it's like they have <laughs> never touched or seen a switch in their life uh because the control setup is so batshit crazy and weird and unworkable i don't even understand how a human being living in the world could have come up with the control scheme they came up with um it's really fucking weird it's really uncomfortable i actually tweeted the developer directly and i'm like dude what the fuck is up with this control scheme this is ridiculous and he's like, oh, we're not handling that. It's another team that's doing it. I'll let him know. And I'm like, dude, you got to patch this like ASAP because this control scheme is, is shit. Like, it's awful. Um, that is not going to be a problem on PC. That is probably not going to be a problem on any of the other platforms it's coming to. But on the Switch, it is really uncomfortable. It's really awkward. I actually hate the control system, like, mm -hmm. like with a passion. It's no good. And, like, he was the developer was trying to give me some... Um, his name is Dan. He was trying to give me some tips. He's like, oh, you know, do this and this. And I'm like... I get it, dude. Like, I get, you know, like, it doesn't work like that. This is not working for me. There's a lot of settings. Maybe I could tweak some more settings or something. Um, I got to go back and see if I can make it work for me a little bit better. But I hate the control scheme. It is just, it doesn't have to be bad. It's aggressively bad, and I don't like it. But, again, that is a problem with the Switch port specifically. Hopefully, they're going to patch it out. But the game itself, I think, is great. I think it's really clever. I think it's cute. I've laughed a lot. I think it's fun. I can totally see a lot of people picking this as they're like one of their top 10 games of the year or game of the year even. Um, I, I think it's really well done. I think it's a really quality product. I like it, even if I suck at it. Um, I just don't like the Switch controls. Those are awful. Those are shit on fire. Um, but the game itself, I think, is great. So I do. I would definitely recommend it to people if you want to laugh, if you want a good point and click, if you like a genre blend between adventuring and uh, platforming. This is a, It's a great game. It's a really great game. It's quality stuff. Yeah, I'd say get it on uh, Steam. For get it while. on Steam. Get it on PC and avoid the Switch controls because, god damn it, those controls. But, man, yeah, if you played this on PC, I would imagine you'd have no problem whatsoever. When you mentioned it last, now that I looked at the graphics, it is a game that, yeah, we brunched it on the show, and I wishlisted it or, or whatever, or maybe it was available. I put it in, like, a, 
Yeah, sometimes I do that. I wish list and then I go back and buy those things, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll pick it up on Steam. I like uh, comedy adventures, and lots of times the story and the comedy will push it along for me, even if I'm bad at the thing. So It's funny, dude. Just get yourself an FAQ. It's worth it for the laughs. It's worth it for the writing. And get it on Steam. I, I think it's a genuinely good game. I really do like this game a lot. I do give it a recommendation if you think you like adventuring, comedy, platforming, it's it's really well done. So good stuff. Cool. Uh, maybe skip the Switch port because those controls suck, but a PC should be no problem. And that uh, is all I've got for the show. Carlos, anything final from you, sir? This is the final thing. It's kind of an eye in games field. Low energy. Low energy. Batteries running low in the radio. Oh, yeah. I actually did another podcast today, too, so I am, full disclosure, kaput. But I will say this because especially I think you would like it. Um so it's I found a, a 2D uh, Zelda-like tribute to Bloodborne, and it's called Yarn Town. Oh, is, where's that? Like itch or something? Yeah, an itch.io. Um, the actual link uh, we won't put in the show notes, but it's Maxatrillionator, Maxatrillionator, A-T-O-R dot itch.io dot Yarn Town. But you can just Google. Yarn yeah, just little yarn town. It comes right up. I mean, I'm looking at it right yeah, now. Okay, and it is the coolest, like side-scrolling, big boss, uh, 2D Zelda-like uh, Bloodborne game, and it's fucking free. And he said, "Oh, it's free, also." Excellent. Yeah, okay. because he said he he didn't. Want, it gets a tribute, you know. It's sure, essentially sure, sure. a Bloodborne type of thing. And he said he's selling his uh, assets that he made, so that's how he's going to try to make some money. He's going to sell some of the graphics from it. So go buy him because, you know, it's a long game and he really did a great job. And it's something that I could actually get behind because the bosses are really difficult, but I'm much better in a uh, 2D setting. You know, um, there's been sure, a couple other sure. Dark Souls types games that are Bloodborne, like that are uh, 2D that I've actually given a shot and not been terrible at where I'm in 3D. I'm like shit at. So if you're like me, um, maybe give it a try. But also it's free. So I just wanted to mention it. Um, really cool. Wow, good pick, dude. I bet a lot of people listening to the show will be very interested in that. It looks really cute. Like the graphics are good. And uh, I know a lot of people are Bloodborne fans out there. So good call. Good call, yep. man. All right. All right. That is it for the show, folks. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Before we go, we do love to get questions and comments. Hit us up. So video games podcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter as a show, at SoVideoGames, but you can hit us up individually. Carlos, uh, where do you want people to reach out to you this week? I brought back my weekly podcast of all the things that I get into, which is called A Lot of Things. It's, uh, you know, me. I, I'm watching, playing, reading tons of things. Listen to the podcast. It's only about 15, 20 minutes each episode. It's every every week, and it's on all the, all the things you can find the podcast on. Just search for A Lot of Things podcast. Excellent, excellent. And as usual, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y All A's, no O's And that is going to do it for episode 196 Thanks again for joining us here on the So Video Games Podcast And we'll be back with more games before you know it But in the meantime, this is Bye from Brad And bye from Carlos Okay, just fuck it, that's it